The key to selling diverse product lines in retail is easier than you think. Are you up for the challenge? Welcome to Tell Me Something Good About Retail, the podcast of The Retail Doctor, and I'm your host, Bob Fibbs. On this episode of Tell Me Something Good About Retail, I have Andy Heck, president of Alpenhouse. Take one look at their selection of RVs, skis, snowboards, golf carts, pools, hot tubs, grilling equipment, and boats, and you'll see why there is no better person to talk about selling diverse product lines than Andy. Welcome, Andy. Yeah, good morning, Bob. Great to be here. So who are you and what do you have to do with retail? Oh, sure. Well, as you said, I'm Andy Heck from Alpenhaus. We are a retailer in upstate New York. We sell uh, RVs, boats, swimming pools. We have a couple of ski stores. So we're in a whole different, um, whole bunch of different outdoor sports. You have a lot of fingers in the pie, as it were. So how did it all start? Was it, uh, we always started with all of these or did it actually just kind of glom on to other uh, opportunities that came along? No, no. Yeah, exactly. Good question. A lot of people ask that story because it is interesting. We're unique. Um, anyways, my dad was a, and his uh, childhood buddy were serial entrepreneurs and they were ski enthusiasts. And so when they were uh, in their early 20s, they opened up a small little ski shop here in Amsterdam. And from there, as it grew a little bit, they needed something to sell in the summertime. So that's how we got into RVs and, and then, you know, eventually swimming pools and boats because they all kind of fit in with the uh, different seasons. So then you grew up in the business, right? So you, uh, what was your earliest memory of working there? Sure. You know, uh, you know, all of us in the family, I'm the oldest and, you know, I just remember going to work with dad and, um, he had us, you know, sometimes we were just hanging out, but other times as we got, uh, from our early age, you know, it was from taking out the trash to, uh, to serving hot dogs at special events, to washing RVs, to working on the floor, doing, doing anything and everything. Well, I think that's, what's great. Um, so many generations um, talk about, you know, family businesses and um, some people say, oh, well, family businesses are always wrought with conflict. But I always think that family businesses really start you out with a good sense of who you are and why we're here. Right. I mean, that had to be instilled in you pretty early. Oh, exactly. The work ethic. And, you know, you learn you're around adults from an early age. Um, you're around, you know, being in retail, you know, you're around, uh, you know, the the community from an early age. And I think, you know, for me, it's like, it was like a second home growing up was being at the store, you know? So that's, and that's the way a lot of people that love business, that's where they look at it. Yeah. And um, so you sell some pretty expensive equipment all the way down the line. I mean, RVs don't just sell themselves, I wouldn't think. And uh, yeah, we sell equipment. Yeah. So, yeah. We, you know, we, we sell everything from stuff that's only a dollar up to several hundred thousand dollars. So it's uh, we're everything in between. Well, that's the one thing I really appreciate. And just uh, full disclosure, Andy is a client of mine. I've worked with him uh, several times. And what always amazes me is your training room. What was the iteration of that? Because um, you've dedicated a whole spot just for training, which a lot of independents don't do, right? I mean. Right, right. No, we're, um, you know, one of the things like my father always preached, you got to keep changing and evolving or you're, uh, you go away. You look at some of the iconic brands in retail and you know, you just get, you can't get comfortable. So we're so big on training our staff and creating a customer experience. So when we, when we built this store back in 2003, you know, we built a training room around uh, both professionalism and fun. So, um, and it's used every day for uh, one of the departments and we're bringing in people like yourselves and other uh, training people throughout the country on different areas uh, of specialties to help our team get better every day. So let's unpack one of the, let's say, um, 
RVs, because uh, I think you were on the board of uh, RV Association for a long time, right? So was, yeah. what are the challenges for an RV dealer in this day and age? On the one side, we hear millennials want to go other places. They don't like you know, being in one place. They want to experience the world. But at the other time, um, RVs, um, there's a commitment to that, right? I mean, you got to know where you're going to park it and all of those kind of things. So um, what kind of what kind of changes have you seen, let's say, in the last 20 years, let's say, in the RV market? Oh, geez. It's, um, every few years, it changes a lot. You know? So you go back 20 years ago, and you know, when um, slide-outs start, first started coming, I mean, you know, before you looked at it, RVs were just, when you looked at it, that's what it was. And then you know, now with all the slide-outs, you know, some of them have, you know, most of them have at least two slide-outs, although there's still RVs you can buy in trailers that only they have no slide-outs, but uh, three, four, five slide outs. So, you know, the wow. amount of living space you get is unbelievable. Um, you know, and, and then, and then you look, you know, over the last 10 years, uh, so much has happened as far as the interiors where they're more looking more residential with the trends, um, you know, with, uh, the, the type of floors, counters, um, appliances where it's more the residential feel. And then, and then you look, I think one of the things that, uh, the manufacturers talked to us about that's been a big help for them it's just the movement to flat screen TVs. I mean, everybody wants a TV. And when you put, t- when you put the big heavy TVs in RVs, you know, it took up space and it took up weight and weight is everything in RVs too. So the, uh, it's amazing when you look at everything that's happened in RV floor plans. Well, and that's interesting. So basically RVs have actually become much more upscale in the last 10 years. Absolutely. You know, it's changed so much when you look at what's changed when you talk about millennials and that, you know, it used to be the progression was people uh, got into uh, camping by buying a pop-up. And then from there, they you know they go from a tent to a pop up, and then into a trailer, and then a motorhome maybe. And um, you know over the last ten years, the pop up market's kind of just gone away, and people are going into small trailers. They're going from tents to small. Once they get married or have kids, they go they just skip the pop up phase and go right into the trailers. That's interesting. I remember uh, we my dad had. Uh had tents made for us we had like three big tents so there's one for him and my mom and then there's one for me and my brothers and then he had a trailer that it all went into and the trailer was in the middle and he had this elaborate system of linking them together for the rain and all that stuff because we were in uh, ohio and then we did the pop-up thing but then of course we had to deal with the whole fishtailing thing my dad was always freaked out that something was going to happen and i don't see those kind of things anymore nearly as much and so what you're saying is they're either not even doing tents, maybe just starting it at uh, something more advanced. It does happen, you know, and I think some of the changes, you know, like um, I think there was a stereotype that it was blue collar people who camp, but now we see everybody kind of wants to have, they want to disconnect a little bit from society and uh, experience the outdoors. So yeah. I think that's changed a lot over the last, uh, you know, five to 10 years too. So it's a, a lot of professional people, you know, and one of the things like as I go to the RV conferences, um, which you'll find not surprising at all, is the number one thing people want in campgrounds now is Wi-Fi, so they can be connected to their devices. Even though they're getting away from it, they still want to be connected. Well, there's something about having a GPS out in the wilderness that feels good, I must admit. There's something <laughs> about that. Um, and so what's been your biggest challenge, you think, in like the last three years, and how have you overcome it? Um, I think it's always, you know, in all the businesses we're in, it's, you know, your forecast, and you're always trying to figure out what the demand is, and every, every category we were in, you got you carry an inventory, so you know getting that inventory right, trying to figure that out and uh, turn it and hit on you know get the right trends on that. That's a, that's a challenge, and obviously, when you know we look at the businesses that we're in, weather RVs are not as impacted by the weather, but certainly when you have a long winter, it takes a while to get the season going, which is was it impactful? But uh, certainly the ski and pool and boats were really 
a lot of weather can throw a monkey in the wrench in addition to, you know, so we always have the economy equation. You have the brands, but then you throw the weather in, it makes it interesting. Well, especially for upstate New York, uh, exactly. Andy is up there by uh, Albany, and everybody always thinks that Albany is the same as Buffalo. Just for the record, Buffalo is far worse than Albany. Is. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Buffalo could get like, what, three or four feet in one weekend, which would be very unusual for for most of us upstate, right? So we get our, right, we get our nor'easters. We don't get the uh, we don't get those kind of lake dumpings like that. No. So, what do you think the best advice you ever received? That could be personal. That could be professional. It could be for your business. What do you think the best advice? I, you know, I think, you know, and getting back to what I said earlier, like, um, and we've heard from a lot of people is you got to keep changing and evolving. And I think, uh, and well, you know, some of the things like my dad and I talk about the advice we got from other business leaders is uh, even in good times, you can't be comfortable. You got to change even there in good times. So you can't wait till there's a crisis to change, which a lot of people, that's what compels them to, but you have to be looking all the time to be changing. You know, that's a great point. After 2008, so many retailers and struggled. I know one of my brands that I work with on a regular basis, and I spoke for them for many, many years, and uh, they canceled my speech out of like three weeks to go. And I said, so when are we going to be back, you know, in, in a couple of weeks? And they're like, well, Bob, all the engineers are striping the warehouse, which is big as a football, because we said we wouldn't fire anybody, and we don't have a single order, so I'm not going to see you for years. And it was like, holy gosh. Yeah, we so upended everybody, right? I mean, it was yeah. like demand just stopped. It wasn't like, oh, it petered <laughs> down. It was just absolutely, yeah. I mean, we're, it was scary, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. I think that's even compelled us even more. Even though business, when you look, we've had a good run since then. Yeah. Still, you know, we're we're looking with one eye over our back shoulder, remembering oh eight, oh nine, those lessons to not, you know, not rest on our laurels and be uh, never forget that. I think that's a great point because I think people um, uh, start to believing it's all about us. Oh, we're so great. We said another line. Oh, we can do anything. And yeah, then, yeah. And as we always say, it's like uh, the consumers, it's like they all, they all are on the same page. It's like one day you're super busy and then all of a sudden, you know, the next, the next day nobody comes in. It's like, how do they all get the memo when the shop, you know? And so you, never, you just never know in retail what's going to happen. No, no, you never know that. That's great. We'll explore more in just a bit. But first, a quick word about Field Agent, our sponsor. Field Agent is an on-demand platform that furnishes businesses with in-store information, shopper insights, and services to drive product sales all through the Field Agent mobile app, featuring a panel of over one and a half million shoppers. In a matter of hours, you can get photos and data from stores everywhere. If you need in-store visibility and you need it fast, Field Agent is the solution for you. Visit www.fieldagent.net slash retail doctor for exclusive content. Now let's get back to it. What's the challenges of having such a diverse portfolio um, of companies? Because on the one side, I could see, you know, certain ones are probably more of a commission or bonus. Uh, some have a longer uh, sales cycle, some have, and then others are going to just be a transaction. So um, do people float around from different uh, sections or are they pretty much, you know, that's their specialty or how does that work for you? Uh, for us, um we do have some people that float around. I mean, when people started Alpen House, we, you know, they're, they're in for a career. So we'll move people up and into different divisions. But on an everyday basis, we have a commitment that everybody is in the division they're in. Um, one of the things that helps us, yeah, when we have peak seasons or events, we can um, rotate staff from other divisions to help out, which is a big benefit to us versus um, other, uh, <laughs> other vendors, uh, you know, that are doing the same type of thing, other retailers. But anyways, um, you know, so that – you know, the challenge for us is always, you know, having the right people that really understand the businesses we're in, 
And for ourselves, you know, for somebody like myself to understand what's going on in the bigger picture with all of them, because, you know, we, um, we look at it, we want to be experts in everything we do. We want to bring, as you know, when you come out the train, we want to be um, customer focused. And, you know, and I think that's the, you know, in retailers and brick and mortars nowadays, you have to deliver that experience. So you have to be, you have to be, consumers are doing so much research online. If they're educating you, something's wrong. You have to be one step ahead of them or at least equivalent to them. That could be the best quote uh, today. Uh, you don't want them to be educating you. I really like that. That's, yeah, uh, exactly. Well, it's right. Cause you know, it's, you know, how many hours, right? No matter what, really? that's what this does. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and I think that's where we, you know, they come to us, you know, one of the things we look at, everybody says, well, you can't, you can't, you know, in today's day and age, you know, brick and mortars are done, you, you know, but we look at it. There's so much information online. They come to us to help us sort it out now. I mean, they're doing so much research, but they come in and they're just like, you can see their eyes. They're like paralyzed. They're just like, I don't even, I don't even know how to make a decision because I have all this information that I need help. And if they can trust you and like you, you can actually help them. And it's, um, for us, we look at it as an advantage now. So we look at, you know, online first, you know, you look at it, it's a disadvantage, but now we've looked at it. We've known how to navigate through it. Well, I think you're, you get that idea that your, your goal is to chunk it down and make the complex simple. And that's not easy unless you really are product experts because you can compare and contrast and you can challenge them. You know, does, do you have the model eight, five, six, two, one? Uh, well, we don't, but uh, would you be interested in something the same or better? It's like, well, sure. But that's what I appreciate about you guys is you want to get the sale. You, you know that you want to get the sale. It's not like, oh, well, if they buy from us, it's okay. If they don't, it's okay. I mean, quite simply, you're in a rural market and, um, anyone that walks in the door, uh, you don't take it for granted that they're no, going to you know, If they're coming in, they're coming in for a reason. You know, it's not like we're in a mall. It's not like they're just happened to be coming in. They're coming in because they chose to actually come to our place that day. So they came in with some type of interest and maybe, maybe it's not today, but it's, it's certainly, it's not like, you know, they just randomly came in. And I, and I think that's the difference is you either respect those customers that took that time out of their day or you don't. And I think that you do. And ultimately that's why you spend so much time with training and you become product experts and why you're so successful. I mean, you know, one more, one more point on that. When you talk yeah. about that, you know, helping them out. And one of the things we've had to really learn and you say one of the challenges is there's so much inventory that if we tried to buy everything in a category, so we have to be so good that we can actually narrow down, because otherwise, you know, you can't sell everything. You have to fig- we have to figure out, you know, maybe a good, better, best and, or, or some selections. So people have a chance to shop, but we give, them, we give them options. But also, if we have too much, you know, you, you, know, you go to some of the grocery stores now and, you know, just like if you can go in the cereal aisle, it's like, you ever make a decision? Uh, yeah, I, my favorite is the toothpaste aisle. I just like yeah, exactly. the and yeah. I took a picture of not that long ago. And I think there were, it, it was at least six different shelves of Crest and and the one that I wanted, which is just the old basic crest that I grew up with, was all the way at the bottom, and you had to really look for it because it had so many different versions of it. And I just thought, like, who thinks this is great? I mean, product well, extensions just, just went, I just went to buy light bulbs recently, and I was like, all I wanted was like a seventy-five watt light bulb, and I'm like, I don't even know what color light bulb I have at my house. I didn't know there was like so many brands, so many different colors and different things. I was like, holy cow. That's right. The simple, right, exactly. Those simple things that we thought, oh, I just go down to the store and get it, have, have become more complex. I think that's a great idea, a, a great point. Um, so what's one of the best investments that you think you've made there at Alpenhaus in the last five years? Um, I would say it's a combination of just, uh, you know, investing in our people on the training. You know, we do, like we said, you know, a lot of training, leadership training, especially we do now too, because, you know, 
as you're bringing in new people and um, you got to train, you got to train them. So if the managers, you can't just say, you know, good luck, shadow this person. You have to, you have to have good leaders in place. And I, I think- want to stop just on that for one second. Cause I think that's so key is leadership. You know, one of the things I notice in an awful lot of retailers now is um, it's like, they don't teach assistant managers or leads that, your job is to correct or to um, say, no, we don't do it that way. We do this. I don't want to be the bad guy. And, and so ultimately, how do you develop leaders if they don't know that being a leader means you do call people on things, not in a nasty way, but that that's your job. So absolutely. You know, and, and, you know, here at Alpenhouse, one of the things we've done over the last few years now too, is I actually lead our young leaders development program where I, I meet with them quarterly. So they have time with me to hear, what is our philosophy? What's going on? We sent them out to some leadership training, but then I also conduct an ongoing quarterly, like just recently. Um, and, and we do some other, we bring in some outside people uh, and we go and we go on site visits. So recently we just went down to Siena College and met with the head basketball, the new head basketball coach. And he gave them leadership advice on, on how to mentor and train and discipline. And it was great, you know, and, and it was really relevant to them being young people to hear from a college coach. That's a great point. You know, again, I when I interview and talk to retail leaders like yourself, it always comes down to we got to develop our bench. Absolutely. Right? We're not going to hire the bench in. People who like us and do well and understand us, they're the ones that are going to lead us to the next level. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I'm always looking at sports teams and I'm looking at military, you know, who, you know, who's the best at developing those benches, you know, and that's, they have systematic approaches, you know. Just like the Yankees. Just like the Yankees on a roll. Thanks. All right. That's good. I had to get that in for my Boston friends. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> I love what, would you, what would you tell a friend that, uh, all right, so I always ask this question. So you have a buddy of yours and, uh, or a uh, man or woman doesn't matter. doesn't matter the, con- the concept. And they come to you to say, Andy, I want to open my own brick and mortar store. What would you tell them? Um, I would say, you know, there's a lot of things I would tell them, you know, I'd ask, why, what is it, you know, and they have to be, uh, they have to be committed to it. They have to have passion for it. I've been involved in, you know, some of our industry stuff, like you said, on the RV side, but also um, uh, locally on the Chamber of Commerce is that, and you hear the woes from people, but they don't even like their businesses. So if a customer comes in, you know, if they're, if they don't like their business, how are they going to energize their employees and how are their employees going to energize the customer? And so I think that becomes, it's not just to get in it to make money. You have to be, you have to serve a purpose and then the money will follow, you know, and I think that's what I see so much. I think that's a great point. I am always shocked with the number of people who tell me how much they hate their business or they're going to buy a business and then someone else is going to run it. And you're like, let me just get this right. Why are you doing that? You know, well, I'll just make money. And it's like, it's not easy. And it's not easy. And I think you got to understand, you got to understand the market pressures you're in. You got to understand who you're, you know, the, you know, the competitive natures, you know, like we talk about online. So you have to understand all that, you know, where, where, you know, where's your niche, you know, what, what's your category and all those things is we look at, we're, we're all, we're looking at stuff products and stuff every day. And we just, some stuff we pass on because it doesn't make sense. Other things we said that makes sense for us. And, you know, you got to keep evaluating that. And knowing I, that's the key, knowing who your customer is and does this fit into us instead of, well, we'll just go after that customer. It's like, wait, 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 we can do a little of that. Exactly. Right. But you don't like say, well, and we'll have a coffee bar and we'll also have, uh, you know, doesn't matter whatever lines come up um, at the end of the day we got to know who we are and that's got to be able to give us an ROI in margin that we can afford to grow instead of putting our own money in or worse, looking at all that merchandise sitting there going, now what do we do with it? Right. Exactly. And I always look at it that, that when they look at retailers, a lot of people look at it on our busy day 
and say, wow, they're killing it. But they don't see the other days of the week and the other rest of the year. And that's the part you got to understand. It's the same thing, you know, whether when people look at restaurants, everything, you know, on a Saturday night, wow, they're killing it. But they don't realize it's tough to, you know, you got to have a business model that's sustainable. That's a great, that is a great point, Andy. That's a great point. Same thing. And I know people say, oh, well, I I went to Sedona. I'm going to open a bed and breakfast. It's like, uh, Sedona is probably a little different market than where you are. And do you really want people sleeping in your house all night? You know, well, it sounds romantic. It's like, everything sounds great until you actually <laughs> dig into it. Right, right, to your exactly. point, you're, you're standing there on a Wednesday afternoon, you're looking at 20 employees, no baby in, and you're like, what do we do? And then suddenly someone comes in and it all changes. And now you're like, oh, we don't have enough people on the floor. I mean, it's, it's all of that, which I think makes it fun, right? I mean, well, ultimately, does, that change yeah. makes it interesting. That's what makes it fun. I said, you know, for us, it's like a sport. And every day, it's like the scoreboard starts, you know, starts fresh, and it's a new day, and it makes it exciting. That's a, I like that, a new scoreboard every day. So when you feel overwhelmed or unf- – I already know what you're going to probably say about this, but when oh. you feel overwhelmed or unfocused or, you know, temporarily just overwhelmed, what do you do to kind of bring yourself back on a personal level? I exercise, so I, I run, you know, and do other things. And so that, that kind of helps me out and helps clear my mind, you know, of uh, things I got going on. But – and, you know, I'll just work and get into it from the house or stuff like that and just kind of reprioritize. You know, I'm a big planner, so I kind of know, you know, prioritize, prioritize what's, what's what I got to do. Okay. Yeah. With, and, with, with and both myself and my team, you know, and figure out what's important now, you know. And how much do you do running? Do you run every day? I do some type of exercise just about every day. Usually, I mean, running is my primary, but you know, I'm doing something just about every day. That's great because that's what keeps the endorphins up. I love that. Exactly. Well, and I always uh, end up my time by asking, um, tell me something good about retail, Andy. So what can you share with our listeners? Um, I just think it's exciting, you know, working with your team, you know, you're, uh, for us, you know, we're, we're, we're selling products that create memories for families. And so every day we have people come in that these are, we're making, these are dreams for them. And so they're so excited. And then after, you know, going through the process, but then also afterwards, after they own it, the, you know, when they come back in and share or on Facebook or social media, using our products and you know we have lifelong customers and it's just uh, it's awesome to see you know what um the experience we're providing because it's not just a product it's you know it's more than that it's emotions it's memories and i love that idea you know, and then also seeing like the young, we employ a lot of young people in our retail stores and seeing them grow and then either they'll stay with us or go on to college and then come back in with their families and buy stuff and so you know it's just um it's fun when you're in that kind of when you when you know that you can connect the dots that it's not just a product well, that's what makes community that's what exactly. I would say. You're the one that you know makes those gossamer threads that makes community between one person and another, and then suddenly people are like, "Wow, I really like this area because people are connected." And you're yeah, doing, have, you know, we just have such great customers. They're just so fun just to chat with, and you know, they're all they're all a little bit different, and unique, and but just uh, it's just interesting, you know, just to be able to have those conversations on a daily basis. Excellent. Well, how can they find out more about Alpenhouse? Um, sure, online uh, Alpenhouse.com. That's our homepage. It's got all of our um, all the different family of businesses on there that we're in. So you can connect um, on there for RVs, boats, pools, ski shop, everything right through there. Perfect. Well, you've been gracious for your time today, Andy. Thanks so much. Yeah, it's, a, it's always a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. Well, that pretty much does it. And I want to thank my guest, Andy Heck. One thing I took away from this episode is that in order to make it in retail, you have to ensure your employees are more product knowledgeable than your customers. But product knowledge alone won't help you. You have to find a way into that shopper's trust to be able to share all you know. 
On the next episode of Tell Me Something Good About Retail, I'll speak with Greg Goodwin, president of Friar Tux, about the shift in retail and how the cost of goods has declined dramatically while the marketplace for his tuxedos has become more casual. You won't want to miss it. I'm Bob Fibbs, the Retail Doctor. Again, thanks for listening. Tell Me Something Good About Retail is the podcast of The Retail Doctor. Visit RetailDoc.com to learn what makes Bob Fibbs the authority on brick-and-mortar retail across the world who works with some of the biggest brands all the way down to the smallest mom and pops. As a listener of the Tell Me Something Good About Retail podcast, you can receive free information and guides when you visit RetailDoc.com and sign up for our exclusive weekly newsletter. For more information, to access the complete archives of past retail goodness, and to see about Bob speaking to your audience, please visit RetailDoc.com.